Now, welcome, adventurers, to the summer of Strahd. <laughs> back to Rocks Fall Everyone Dies 2021 Summer One-Shot. I'm Tommy, he, him, and normally I play Lieutenant Bank Marceau, but this summer I am DMing our playthrough of Strad Must Die Tonight. Hi, I'm Desombra, she, her pronouns, and I normally play Greg, but like this summer I'm totally playing Flo, the cleric of the Sacred Prawn, All Hail. Hi, I'm Scott, he, him. Normally I'm the DM, but this summer I'll be playing Abafel, Wicked Witch of Wherever. <laughs> Hi, I'm Juan, he, him. Normally I play Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Dursi, but this summer I'll be playing Tristan Renfield, descendant of a long line of monster hunters. The cold wind greets you atop the tower roof. It's rain-slicked flagstone surrounded by a 20-foot diameter ring of stone battlements. The thunderclouds above suddenly coalesce into the terrible visage of Strahd. The face utters a ghastly moan as thousands of bats fly out of its gaping maw and descend upon the tower. Swarms and swarms of bats are coming at you. They're far away, but they're coming at you fast. What do you want to do? I would like to use my action to scream. <laughs> nice, call back. <laughs> so I actually have a spell where, what is that called again? What is what called? The TH one. Thaumaturgy? Yeah, so apparently you can make your scream even more booming. Yep. Can I cast it on someone? Oh, no, you can only cast it on yourself. Darn, I was going to cast it on you. (laughs) As loudly as you can, start preaching the Book of Prawn. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Seriously, though, there is an open hatch. Let's just get in there and close the hatch. Yeah, we could do that, too. Okay. Oh, I thought we had to get through the vats. My bad. Okay. You climb into the North Tower Peak. This is a dark and dreary room with manacles attached to the walls. In the middle of the room is a wood-framed bed fitted with leather constraints. At the foot of the bed rests a closed iron chest, its lid sculpted with an emblem. A wooden ladder leads up to a trapdoor in the ceiling. Thin streams of water drip through the trapdoor's rotting wood, forming a puddle around the base of the ladder. Flo, your spell, which is still active, mm-hmm. is pushing you in the direction of the chest. Oh, so like, it's in this chest, basically. So let's open up the okay. chest. Before you do that, mm-hmm. I would just like to point out there could be traps. Ah, can I inspect it first? Sure. Give me a investigation check. Can I give her the help action? Yeah, sure. Roll with advantage. Oh, thank God. Whew. For those at home, I just rolled a four. With bonuses. Oh, okay. So I rolled a seven. So much better. All right, so I'm going to use my Wand of Secrets. And what does that do? So this wand has three charges. While holding it, you can use an action to expend one of its charges. And if a secret door or trap is within 30 feet of you, the wand pulses and points at the one nearest you. The wand regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. Does it say anything about walls or range? Just 30 feet, I think. Oh, 30 feet. Excuse me. Nothing pulses. Tristan will just go and open the chest. You go to open the chest. It is locked. Is the lock inside the chest or is the lock on a latch? 
the lock is inside the chest, and it's pretty easy to tell that this chest is probably more expensive than the combination of all items within this room. The chest itself is more expensive. Yeah. Well, does anyone have a way to pick locks? Does anyone have a screwdriver? We can just unscrew the latches on the opposite side of it. I don't even think I have a screwdriver. All right. Well, we can use a dagger to unscrew the back plates of the thing. So does anybody have proficiency with thieves tools? I don't know. I'm a cleric. I don't think so. If you were going to create makeshift thieves tools, and if you don't have proficiency, it would be a sleight of hand check done at disadvantage. Don't you have a crowbar? No, I checked. You should have a crowbar. I was checking to see if Explorer's Pack has it, but no, it's in the Burglar's Pack. Uh, There's a crowbar, not the Explorer's Pack. But I mean, I can try to do the sleight of hand check. Can I cast Guidance? And I want to assist. Okay. Then it's a straight roll. All right. (laughs) Wait, I still have Guidance. It probably won't matter, but... 14. 14. What improvised tools do you take out to try to open it? I'm using a dagger to unscrew the the back side like he he mentioned sure so you go to the back side and you immediately notice that there is no plate to unscrew in fact there are no screws to this whatever this is is clearly dwarven made is it a wooden chest it is a pure iron chest pure iron Ooh, that complicates things yeah i mean we could also drop it off the building I mean, it broke the middle child, so... All right, let's go drop the chest that might have the very expensive items off the <laughs> multiple hundreds of stories. Uh, I mean, not stories, feet. Let's do it. Let, no, I'm, I'm in for it. Let's do it. <laughs> and who knows, if we're lucky, maybe it'll land on Strahd as he's walking through the courtyard. <laughs> we kill him by dropping a chest. <laughs> oh, my head. <laughs> I like this plan. One. Poo concussions. Oh, Can oh, I roll oh. a D hundred for just pure luck? <laughs> sure, for luck, sure. Sixty three. Uh, that probably doesn't kill Strahd. Oh well. <laughs> Do we still hear the bats outside? Roll me perception check. All right, sure. I mean that's okay. I'm gonna pray at them. The great prawn lord will save us. Uh, would you like to roll it, Flo, or would you like perception? Me to- yeah, I'll, I'll roll. I just want to make sure the bats aren't still outside. If it's covered in bats, then throwing the chest outside is a bad idea. I rolled a 14. You look outside some of the tower slits to try to see outside. You can't really see anything, especially with the rain and whatnot. You can't hear the flapping of bat wings if there were any. Did you roll that with advantage or? No advantage. Okay. Tristan can either roll as well or you can roll again. I'll roll as well. Why not? I don't want to feel left out. (laughs) Oh yeah, middling. You're not quite sure. You're going to have to open the trapdoor to take a look. I'm sorry I skipped the day of class that was on bat psychology. (laughs) I'm Batman. I am the knight. No, 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 no. Do you want to go outside? Yeah, let's go outside. We're dropping a chest, right? Yeah, if I can lift the chest on the broom, then I will try. Sure, you can with no one else. Just a peek to see if the bats are out there. Nope, no bats. All right, I'm going to fly out real quick and just drop it. Okay. Onto like an open area. Okay. Should I fly down by where it's going to be? Don't be in the path of this thing falling. Okay, I'm going to wait. We're going to watch where it lands and then go pick up the pieces. All right, sounds good. Person will just awkwardly wait alone inside. So you're doing this from the level of the North Tower? Oh, I'm going to fly as high as I need to. Okay, approximately. I mean, that's like, what? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't matter because fall damage has a maximum of 20. All right. I will roll 
20d6. And if it's more than the number I'm thinking of in my head, it'll work. This chest is tougher than your child. <laughs> and if it's not, I'll just go pick it up again. Yeah, that's very fair. Get ready, listeners, for two hours of dropping chest. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we don't have a rogue, so... Oh my god, 71. Jeez. Yeah, no, it works. Cool. You drop it, it falls. And falls. And falls. Wow. You are really <laughs> high up in the air. And as it comes to the ground, the dwarven-made chest explodes into shards of metal that pierce the front courtyard. In the rain, there is something glistening in the distance. Awesome. I'll swing back for Tristan. Hop on, boy! Oh, we're going? All right, let's go. I'm diving down. I want to see it right away. You find a silver hilt with a gemstone in the middle with its handle wrapped in leather. It looks really well-crafted. Wait, just the hilt or the full sword? No, you just find the hilt, and it's on the ground. Well... Tristan will pick it up. You hear a voice in your head. Who are you? I am Tristan Renfield. Very well, Mr. Renfield. What is your relationship with the master of this house? I aim to make him a moral lesson at the end of a children's fable. Which is? Okay, in a less poetic way, I want to kill him. (laughs) Very well. You shall have me on your side. Tristan. Tristan. The entire front courtyard lights up in a brilliant flash. This hilt does not need a blade. Sunlight pierces out of the hilt and creates a blade for you. Wield me and destroy Sod von Zarevich. You have my word as our Enfield. It shall be done. Why you gotta make it weird, sword? Yeah, the sword is, like, getting real sexual. Oh, sure. You know, our (laughs) sorcerer could get all sexual and a hickey from the main villain. I get an affectionate sword, and now it's a problem. I mean, sorry, that's fair. That was a little weird. No no offense. (laughs) Wield me. Wield me to destroy Strahd. I mean, I'm also going to point out, didn't we find this chest in a room that had a bed with, like, leather straps? Yeah, like, are we going to talk about that? And manacles. What was Strahd doing with that sword? By the way, you also find a crown on the ground. Sweet. Can we wear it? It's a bejeweled crown for the sake of brevity. It's worth 2,500 gold pieces. I mean, I'm sure it's worth considerably less now that it hit the ground at high velocity. Yep. (laughs) Some of the gems are still within uh, what is left of the box. What type of gems are they? Thank you for asking. They are ruby and diamond. <gasps> That's probably what he would have. Get the diamonds. Get the diamonds. Get the diamonds. Get the diamonds. I'm going to go and take out a broom and like <laughs> <laughs> dust up the diamonds and just sure. shove them into my bag. I'll say that you get about 1,000 gold pieces worth of diamonds. And these are individual, like multiple diamonds. So we could. Yes. Awesome. They are. The sword is the sun sword because I'm trying to add it to my inventory. That is correct. It is the sun sword, and you can wield it. You are attuned to it, if you'd like. I would like. As you guys are sweeping up diamonds, Tristan's just like... (laughs) By the way, he's making the sound himself. Oh, was I supposed to add the mace to my... You should have. It should be added already. I thought Tommy did it. Yeah, why don't you reload your page? I think it is added. Quick question. For that dagger that has the boon, that plus 2d6 radiant damage... 
Does that only work for me? I don't know. You're going to have to give it to someone else and see if it works. Am I attuned to it? Does it You're not attuned to it. So then it shouldn't only work for me. Uh, make an Arcana check. All right. That would be a natural 20 for a 25 total. Nice. His boon directly affected your item instead of you wielding the item. Ah, okay. So how do you feel about dual wielding, Juan? It is a specialty of mine, actually. Normally, I dual wield the mace and the whip. I have not gone to use the whip yet. So I hand you a glowing dagger. Okay. I went to a lot of trouble for this and lost quite a bit of blood. Although, I will say, it was a little bit fun. (laughs) I can't say I didn't enjoy it at all. And I'll do it again, I swear. (laughs) And I'll do it again, you hear me? (laughs) Okay, I'll go ahead and add a dagger modified so it does how much? 2d6 radiant? Plus 2d6 radiant damage, yes. To undead, yeah. I'm going to unequip that in my sheet. Sure. Now you are all in the front courtyard, right in front of the main open door. So what's next on the list in terms of equipment? So let's see. We got ourselves the Sun Sword. I feel like the Tome of Strahd is probably going to be our better... Because we have the icon or the silver, whatchamacallit. Did we give that to Desombra or is Juan keeping that? I don't remember. I'm fine giving that idol to Desombra. I went to bring it up before, but then we moved on in conversation. Right, and we also established that that is not, in fact, the holy symbol of Ravenkind. That is correct. I feel like Desombra should have that too, because that is a cleric boon. The prawn is a caring and loving god. <laughs> so wait, it has to be a caring and loving god for this to work? <laughs> no, I mean, you're a grave cleric, so anti-undead is good enough. Yeah. Because my take on the on the great prawn is it's like, it's basically like Hades, but a prawn. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> so it has a cap of invisibility then and has all the riches of the underworld. Yes. Cool. So check on the sun sword and check on where Strahd is because we found the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Are we going back to the chapel since we don't have the holy symbol or are we looking somewhere else? We're going to look somewhere else because I feel like if we go to the main house, then we can find a woman hangs above a roaring fire. Find her and you will find the treasure. All right. Sounds good. We're looking at the main entryway to the main house? hmm Well, there's only one house, but... Let's take a look inside. Okay. The three of you walk from the courtyard towards the keep. The ornate outer doors of the castle hang open, flanked by fluttering torches in iron sconces. Twenty feet inside the castle is a second set of iron doors. As you approach into the entryway, the second set of iron doors swing open, revealing a grand hall filled with the sound of organ music. As you walk in, overhead in the vaulted entry foyer, four statues of dragons glare down, their eyes flickering in the torchlight. Grandpappy? Do you say that? (laughs) Yeah. One of them cocks its head and looks at you, curiously. Is it the red one? They're all red. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well... Make me an Arcana check. Fourteen. These are red dragon wormlings. Oh. Really? Wormlings? Mm Mm-hmm. Through my dragon heritage, I have all kinds of crazy stuff for that. Yes, you do. Your proficiency bonus is doubled if you make a charisma check while interacting with dragons. So, you got this? I can try. I wouldn't be averse to some guidance. Guidance. Here, have some... (laughs) Be blessed by the sacred prawn. Uh, Praise be. All hail. Yeah. 
nice. Okay, so I have... So my highest stat is Intimidation, and with a double proficiency bonus, that's a plus 11 to Intimidation with Dragonkind. So let's go ahead and Intimidate some dragons. Okay, what do you say? You there! You're not my grandpappy! (laughs) Where can I find a woman hanging above a fire? And you speak Draconic, correct? Oh, of course. Absolutely. I would like to just also establish Tristan also speaks Draconic. But, like, he has the worst accent. Okay. <laughs> well, has no idea what's going on right now. Perfect. <laughs> uh, only 15? Boo. One of the red dragon wormlings falls from its perch, lands like a stone onto the carpeted foyer, and becomes organic and becomes alive. It doesn't whisper. It, um, kind of like how a snake talks kind of in a certain Yeah, because talking snakes are a thing that I encounter every day. Yeah, you know. It tells you... I don't speak possum out, speak draconic. <laughs> there is only one master of this house. This woman you speak of does not command the fire of this keep. Now be gone with your incessant squabble. Yeah, that's not what I asked, boy. I want you to tell me where I can find a woman hanging above a warring fire. I didn't say I was the master. I didn't say she was the master. I said, where can I find it? Listen to the question, stupid dragon. Kristen's gonna turn to Flo and just go, it's going really well. Oof. Wait, sorry, wait. I forgot to add my double proficiency. That actually should have been an 18. You glare at it with fire burning in your eyes, your hands starting to smolder, your fire elemental prowess coming back into play like muscle memory. It it looks at you a little wary of what you could potentially have in your arsenal. There is no fireplace on this first floor. We are all summoned by Strahd himself to keep adventurers from leaving. Try another story. Still didn't answer my question. Kids these days. How rude. So, like, I have no idea what just happened, but I'm guessing you didn't really find out too much information. It's a shot in the dark, but can I just look at my sword and be like, uh, Sunny. Sunny. I named it. That's right. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Do you know what I, what's wrong with my accents today? Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. Do you know where there would be a fireplace close by here, Sonny? Are you familiar with the layout, or were you just stuck in the chest? I've been stuck in the chest for nearly a millennia. Millennia is a long time. It is a long time. That's a really solid chest. Oh, I am sorry to hear that. It's fine. I'm not angry or anything. <laughs> it vibrates. <laughs> At which point I'll just turn to everyone else. Sonny does not know. I think we should go upstairs. Yeah, let's try upstairs. And if these dragons give us trouble, I'm pretty sure a wyrmling is not going to do much. I glare at them. You're not going to stop us. And we're moving on. In case you have any problems, I have a very prosperous horse therapy clinic in the woods just a few miles out of town. Feel free to come talk to me anytime. I understand working for Strahd may be stressful. Next time you bring this character back, we're going to give you business cards. (laughs) I will take them. (laughs) So, you enter into the great entry. Cobwebs stretch between the columns that support the vaulted ceiling of a great 
dusty hall, dimly lit by sputtering torches and iron sconces. The torches cast odd shadows across the faces of eight stone gargoyles, squatting motionlessly on the rim of the domed ceiling. Cracked and faded ceiling frescoes are covered in decay. Double doors of bronze stand closed to the east in front of you. To the north, to the left of you, a wide staircase climbs into darkness. A lit hallway to the south, to the right of you, contains another set of bronze doors, through which you hear sad and majestic organ tones. That's where the music is coming from. What do you guys decide to do? Is there an empty pedestal where a gargoyle should be? No, there is not. Ah, boo. Continuity. Boo. It's a lot of gargoyles that exist within this place. All right, fine. So we're looking for the holy symbol of Ravenkind. Do we need to? Or can we just find the mother, she who gave birth to evil? Well, it appears to me that your friend has left you on some sort of goose chase. Strahd is right behind you. Well, friends, it appears that another hour has come and passed. Have you found anything? It appears to me that you're just wasting your own time. I I don't know why I even invited you to this place. Ugh. Such a sad lot, all of you are. He starts to walk upstairs. Where's your fireplace? Fireplace. It's cold! (laughs) (laughs) Also, I would like to have a few words with your mother, if at all possible. He stops. Who I understand was a hamster. <laughs> he turns around. He ignores Abafel. He stares straight at Tristan. What did you say? I was asking if your mother was around. <laughs> Make a whiz save. Guidance. You can't guidance a saving throw. Darn. But even if so, it's not a reaction. You have to cast it before something happens. Yeah. I'm just shouting guidance for everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is the right attitude when you have guidance as a cantrip. Oh, that's a 14. All right. You feel warm. You look around you. You feel your hunter senses kicking in. Something is not right. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention. If it is against being frightened, I do have advantage. Thank you for telling me that. It is not. Okay. The room is growing bigger. Strahd is before you, looming. You shrink. You are now a bunny. Oh, you're so, like, cute! Strahd dissipates, <laughs> his laugh echoing throughout the court. <laughs> For mechanical purposes, I'm assuming he just cast Polymorph on me. He did. So, okay, so in that case, I have the intelligence and wisdom of a bunny. That is correct. <laughs> and I'm going to resume the timer again. I would like to roll Arcana, just to see if I know this spell and what it would take to break the Polymorph. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Arcana is plus five. Oh, Guidance! 17. You know that Polymorph is definitely a transmutation spell, and the core mechanics of Polymorph is that someone is turned into a beast for a limited amount of time, depending on concentration. So that means somewhere Strahd is still concentrating. And you also know that there are many ways to undo polymorph, such as interrupted concentration, or the removed curse, or dispel magic. Also, you could damage the creature enough to remove temporary HP to restore the creature back to what it originally was. 
Great. I pick up the bunny by the scruff of its neck. I try to escape. <laughs> <laughs> no, are we going to murder uh, him? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to look <laughs> him dead in the eyes and say, this is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. And I snap its neck. Oh, I uh, Do I not get a save to avoid getting grappled? Uh, Scott, why don't you make a unarmed strike attack roll? <sighs> this is a new campaign, chasing Tristan the bunny. Uh, unarmed strike is plus four. Can we just like keep him like that though? No, that's a ten. It is a bunny, and it is very fast, and you cannot catch it. I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to do this, but I guess I'm going to cast firebolt. <laughs> I literally thought you said fireball for a split second. Oh, God, <laughs> roll me an attack roll. I hope we roll a one. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Twenty-four to hit. How much HP does a bunny have? Four HP. Okay. Why don't you roll me damage? Well, the minimum I can do is nine, because I have a feat that my ones are twos. I told you I didn't want to do it this way, but I'll do it this way. 17 points of damage. All right, so I take 13. It would have been much easier if you just stood still. Now look at you. Suddenly appears (laughs) Tristan again, now scorched and burnt, almost as if he has burnt cork rubbed all over him. Welcome back, Tristan. I told you, you should have stood still. So you shoot fire at me? Why am I Russian now? Strode polymorph had an effect on me. I have become Strode. <laughs> Duh, we are Strode. We are Legion. <laughs> As Strode, I will go ahead and cast Cured Wounds on myself. You have your Wounds? I do. Okay, cool. Go ahead. So you guys are in the middle of the great entry. There are three pathways you could go. To the left, which is up in front of you through double doors and to the right of you where the music is. Never answered me about the fireplace. Why is everyone so against me finding the fireplace? Because you keep on talking to people who don't want to help you. (laughs) Wouldn't there be a chimney? (laughs) That is a very good point. So couldn't I just leave out a window and look for a chimney? Tristan, throw a chair through the window. Is there a chair here? <laughs> there is also no window. <laughs> <laughs> There's no window in the great room? There's no windows up above. All right, so I leave out the same door. Sure. I'm guessing we're now in the first floor. You are still on the first floor. Okay, so I leave out that door. Where am I? You are now in the front courtyard where you met Strahd for the first time and where you decided to split to go behind the chapel. All right, so I'm going to go up and search around and see if there's any chimneys. Roll me a perception check. Guidance. Sure. All right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a 25. Not just a 25, you also got a net 20. I got a net, yeah, I did. Oh, wow, that's really good. I cast guidance, do I even take that? Let's see. Yeah, a 27. Jeez, Okay. So what exactly are you looking for? And you can be really broad with this if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking to see if there's a chimney. Okay. With smoke coming out of it. Yeah, with smoke. So there is only one chimney in this entire place. Jutting from the steeply sloping rooftop of the castle, a spindly smokestack, five feet in diameter at the top, rises 30 feet above the roof's peak. Smoke belches from its iron-pronged capstone. If I look at the smokestack yeah. next to it, yeah. 
and I look down, let's say I go near the smokestack, I'm flying, and I yeah. look down at the, the parts of the wall by the smokestack, are there any places where there's windows? No, there's not. Okay. Also, it's really hard for you to see, but even if you would see, there still isn't. Is it because it's still raining out? Not only is it raining, but it's also directly in the middle of the entire building. Here, I'll send you a photo of all of you. So we've got to get to the middle of this cape area. If you want, you guys can go into the chimney. Isn't it on? I am fully capable of putting out that fire. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right. Fly back in, come grab us, we'll fly back out. All right. Bad idea, but I want to do it anyway just to see what happens. While Flo is outside doing all of that, can I try to like tie the dagger to the end of my whip? <laughs> Roll me an intelligence check. Six. Six. It works. Originally, this character was supposed to be based off of Trevor Belmont, and he's become a horse psychologist. I'm trying to get that <laughs> consecrated whip. <laughs> yep, you successfully attach it, so you think. By the way, if it was to attach it, would I not be able to use my dexterity instead, or is this just intelligence to see if I could figure out if it's going to work? That is correct. Okay, thank you for the clarification. By the way, take a look at the two photos that I sent. Once again, dear listeners, Tommy sent us photos which do not translate well to the podcast format. I will do my best to describe the photos and maps, but I will also include these photos on our website page for this episode at rfedpod.com. The images sent to us this time is a close-up of Curse of Strahd Map 6, Spires of Ravenloft, showing the rooftop of Castle Ravenloft and a cross-section of the towers. Three of Tommy's fingers cover the lower half of the image, presumably to prevent us from seeing some information that would provide us an unfair advantage. In the center of the image is a single smokestack labeled K-52. The cross-section of the North Tower above it, labeled K-20, hollow but for a stair spiling around the circumference of the circular tower interior. Partially obscured by Tommy's fingers are two additional spiral staircases, south, label obscured, and southeast of the smokestack, labeled K-18 and K-18A. The second image is a close-up of Map 1, which we discussed in the previous episodes, indicating the location of the chimney as being in the center of the keep. Once again, all of these images are available on our website, rfedpod.com. How big is the smokestack? Five feet in diameter at the top. Perfect. I'm five foot. I could probably get in that. So, Flo, where'd you go? Oh, I'm up here, like, like right here, like the smoke. <laughs> Do you see it? Come on. <laughs> so I'm gonna fly Tristan out. Find anything good? Well, I think I know where the fireplace is. It's like in the middle. Perfect. I mean, honestly, I would probably want it in the front, like in the front room. I think it looked really, really nice with those dragon. You know what? Never mind. Go ahead, Tristan. All right. Would you mind just flying me over to the fireplace just on top? Sure. Okay. As soon as we're over it, Tristan's going to pull out his decanter. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I love that you get to use that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's going to pull out his decanter. He's going to hold it over the chimney and just say, fountain, as five gallons of water just immediately get produced by the decanter <laughs> and go down the chimney. Yeah, it works. You successfully flood wherever this leads, and the fire is out. All right, shall we fly down? All righty, let's do this. Props to you. That's That was a great idea. Yes! Oh, I'm so glad I chose that item. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you inspiration, but it was very cool. <laughs> Fair.
Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. All right, so we float down. I just want to check the walls as I'm going down. I, the player, have a hunch. Okay, sure. Roll me an investigation check to check the walls. What are you checking for? I am checking for hidden compartment stones, loose bricks. Sure. Places to hide things. Since I am on the broom with her, I would like to give the help action if possible. Yeah, sure. Roll me an investigation. Guidance! Advantage in plus D4 on everything. (laughs) The only reason I allow this is because all of you are rolling horribly, except for a couple nat 20s here and there. All right, so the first one is a 19, but if I roll that D20 again for the advantage, that's a natural 20 (sighs) plus 5 plus 4. Okay. 29. (laughs) No, you don't notice anything. I'm sorry. All right, we fly through the fireplace. Okay, cool. You guys land into the study. A once blazing hearth fire filled this room with rolling waves of red and amber light, and now there is no light within this study. The walls are lined with ancient books and tomes, their leather covers well-oiled and preserved through careful use. All is in order here. The stone floor is concealed beneath a thick, luxurious rug. In the center of the room is a large low table, waxed and polished to a mirror finish. Even the poker in its stands next to the once-blazing fireplace is polished. Large, overstuffed divans and couches are ranged about the room. Two chairs, a burgundy-colored wood with padded leather seats and back cushions, face the hearth in front of you. A huge painting hangs over the mantelpiece in a heavy gilded frame. The rolling firelight illuminates the carefully rendered portrait. Not anymore. It is an exact likeness of Irina Kolyana. We all know who that is. Uh, Everyone roll a history check, because you guys have been here for a while, and you know Van Richten, so it's very possible you know who she is. Nat 20 with no modifier, so the nat 20 is just a straight 20. And that's a 10 for me total. Thank you. December? 16. For Scott, Irina Kuliana sounds like a female name. For Flo, Kuliana is the name of the burgomaster in the village of Barovia. And for Tristan, you helped Irina Kuliana bury her father when you entered the village of Barovia months ago. Since then, both you and her have come under the protection of Van Richten, and that's how you know of him. It's strange, though, because she's only 20-something-ish, and yet this picture, it is old, old. Also, you would assume that a painting as well-made as this one would be spot-on, an exact likeness. The facial features are perfect, but that is not exactly her hair color. 
Would I get the sense that this might possibly be an ancestor? Roll me a intelligence check. Or is this a Horizon Zero Dawn clone type thing with a 99 point however percent match? 15. You have heard tales of how there are a certain amount of souls that exist within Boovia, none of which can transfer into the afterlife from death, souls are batted against the veil into new bodies that are born within Barovia. Everyone is reincarnated. Okay. I'll uh, share that info with everyone. That seems like a terribly inefficient system. It is a terribly inefficient system, and if you have too many children, you can be born without a soul. Wait, so you're just, like, a non-person? You're like a mermaid? You don't have a soul? Like, isn't that one of the legends? I, I don't. I think mermaids have souls. I thought that was the whole thing with the Little Mermaid because she dies and she doesn't have a soul. Yeah, exactly. And she goes off into the sea foam. Anyway, whatever. I think that's one of the endings. I think the Hans Christian Andersen ending is that she becomes the spirit of the air or something. I don't know. It's really sad and depressing and an allegory for totally different things. But back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan, you notice as the two of them are arguing and discussing stuff, on the mantelpiece underneath the portrait of, you assume, Irina Kulyana, there is an amulet. While they're arguing, I'll just go pick up the amulet. The amulet is in the shape of a sun. But a sun, like how like a three or four-year-old would draw a sun, like a circle with a whole bunch of spikes out of it. And there is a ruby in the middle. It is made out of, you assume, sterling silver. Sunny, is this a relation of yours? No, this, this is, is holier than I. I mean, that's just a really bad attitude to have with everyone. Being holier than thou is not something to aspire to. I appreciate that. I just love that these comments are coming from the guy that killed a robotic child by having him jump off a building. (laughs) Hey, I wanted that child to take the stairs. I just didn't say that out loud, which would have been smarter of me. But at the time, I was thinking to myself, here, little boy, go to the other building. Wait for me there. (laughs) Okay. Jumps. (laughs) I think we're good. Are we good? We're good. Yeah. You're just holding the holy symbol of Ravenkind in your hand. What do you want to do? Awesome. <laughs> One more magic item for the cleric. Oh, nice. <laughs> can you, like, dual-wield holy symbols? I think I can. <laughs> like, praise be, the sacred prawn. All hail. <laughs> it's meant for cleric. I'll give it to the cleric. As soon as she grasps it, light emits from her. Blinding light. You have to actually look away. Ah. And to flow, you see white. You see nothingness. And in the distance of this nothingness that exists forever and ever, you see a woman in the distance. A woman with dark, raven, almost blue hair walk up to you, still keeping her distance, maybe 60 feet away from you. She has a face that's familiar. She almost looks like Strahd. She looks at you with kind eyes. She smiles, and she leaves. (sighs) You are back in your body. The blinding white light is gone, but the holy symbol is gone. It's out of your hands. You look all over the ground. You're desperate trying to find it, but it's around your neck. You don't remember putting it on, and to everyone else, no one saw you put it on, but it exists around you. It's ruby center, glowing ever slightly. You are now attuned to the holy symbol of Ravenkind. Oh, nice. Um... It's deep cut lore. So much lore. So what does that mean? <laughs> I'm assuming that you just met the Raven Queen. Oh, that's cool. Like, nice vibes. Yeah. So, deep cut lore that I just remember off the top of my head. 
The Raven Queen is an ascended goddess in D&D that rules over the Shadowfell and controls whether people cross over from life to death. Much like your prawn, the Raven Queen is the goddess of death that hates undead because they defy her domain. So she's the prawn. I met with the prawn. The prawn can take many forms, yes. Yes, I, I met with the secret prawn. Roll me an intelligence check. Oh, God. It's not a save. You're not being batted against. So can I guide myself? Well, yeah, sure. You can. Guidance. I don't know if you've noticed, but my character is... Her intelligence isn't very high. I don't think any of us are playing highly intelligent characters. I get a 14 intelligence. I rolled a 23. 23? That was not the Raven Queen. So it was the Great Prawn. It was the Great Prawn. That was some blood relative of Strahd himself. Was that the mother? Actually, you remember from in the chapel, that is Ravenova, the Benevolent Queen. So his mom. I didn't realize that his mom was the Great Prawn. (laughs) I mean, she is one with the Great Prawn because she's clearly dead. Everyone is one with the Great Prawn eventually. Sonny, how do you feel about the Great Prawn? (laughs) Did you just say you don't? (laughs) I asked who. I'm afraid I've met too many gods in my time. Sonny, you and I later on wish you to write a book. Why am I Russian again? <laughs> uh, Inigo Montoya. Hello, I am Inigo Montoya. You should write we will book. go to Philadelphia because it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I think we shall write a book and we shall call it The Joy of Cooking. Yes, I think I like that name. It's very original. <laughs> we should call it The Marie Kondo Method. <laughs> we should call it Fahrenheit 452. No relation. Just a little bit more than you need to burn paper. <laughs> All right. The Tome of Strahd, I think, should be next. We need to find the mother. We did. Yeah. Well, we found the mother, but we found the symbol of Ravenkind, which, I mean, can you... I, in character, don't know what you just experienced, but out of character, I feel like you should probably talk to the amulet or something and ask, like, yo, where do we find the Tome of Strahd? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I can do that. Um, hi, um, Miss Great Prawn person. Can you come back? Can I, I want to, I want to talk to you. <laughs> roll a, roll a religion check. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that'd be persuasion. No. <laughs> I rolled an 18. Okay. Your vision dissipates and you are in a field, a rolling green field with storm clouds up above. And as you look closer, they are not storm clouds, but thousands and thousands and thousands of ravens flying above you. Can I talk to the ravens? What do you decide to say? Oh, hey, ravens. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> Teach me how to doggy. Okay, so I guess I'm, like, in this place, the Ravens. Hi, Ravens. I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying, but we're looking for this book, and we think there it's by the mother, so do you know where the mother is? All the Ravens stop at once and turn and look towards you, and then they all fly to you. Thousands and thousands of Ravens fly around you, and as they dissipate, the room has changed. It's a room that you've been in once before. It's the catacombs. And you're standing exactly where you were when you were casting the prayer of healing about an hour or two ago. You noticed that a hundred feet away from you, there was an alcove in this gigantic chamber with large stone guardians on each side. 
and past a iron portcullis, you see in this new illusion that is given to you by these ravens that there is two ebony coffins in the distance. And then you are returned back to yourself. All right. So I saw a lot of things. Um, We have to go back to the catacombs. The catacombs should probably be our last stop. I feel like we should find Strahd's enemy since we're already in the building. Where is his enemy? Oh, we just have to find Evil's bride. Yeah, I mean, we could go back and talk to those unhelpful dragons, but... Wait, I'm confused. What did we do in the church? It seems like it was an extraneous thing, like an unrelated item. Oh, so we still didn't find the bride. No, I don't believe we did. We tried to go there thinking we would find the bride. But I guess that was a tenuous connection at best. Out of curiosity, the cleric that died trying to get that item, I know he was of an evil god, but is that an evil god that's aligned with Strahd or would be against Strahd? Mm. Roll a religion chart. Also, I have to use the bathroom. I'll be back. That's fine. Have fun. Think of me. Think of me. Think of me fondly. When you take a dump. Remember me once in a while now. That's a twelve. A twelve. A twelve. So, Shar is the great goddess of darkness and insanity and evil. She helped assassinate the goddess of magic. You're not quite sure if Shar is small enough to deal with the matters of the demiplane that is Bodovia. You assume that Shar usually has greater plans. Hmm. Deep cut lore, deep cut lore, so much lore, all the lore. Listen, guys, this is an international podcast. We might have listeners in Russia. We don't. Ooh, oh, oh, I should stop the timer. I'm thinking we're actually doing okay on time at this point. Yeah. Because we can fly. Hey, do not (laughs) undervalue the decanter. It's helped us. No, seriously, flying. Flying is a big difference. Not only flying, but bringing another person along. Yeah. And I feel like we've avoided most of the combats. Yes, And then the one combat we did get in, we kind of just threw the gargoyle off a cliff. We locked him in a carriage that tumbled off a cliff. Yep. Which, by the way, still love the teamwork. You're luring him in, or... Well, them in, I don't want to assume the gargoyle's gender. The gargoyle's gender. <laughs> Let's not assume the gargoyle's gender. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the name of this one episode. Do not. <laughs> Let's not assume the gargoyle's gender. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, Summer of Strahd. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review in your podcast app. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise. Additional sound effects are courtesy of zapsplat.com. Our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work at John Bliss Art. Summer of Strahd is produced and edited by me. DeSombra and Juan are our social media team, and you can find all of our social media handles and full show notes in one convenient place at rfedpod.com.